Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Yo. Uh. Yo. Uh. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone. We bout to party. We bout to party. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gonna turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome to AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. This is Aubrey Edwards here with my special guest co-host, Alex Abrahentes. I think you've now reached new best friend status because Tony ditches me all the time. So I appreciate that. Yeah, he's a very busy man. Very busy man. He's got a lot of backstage stuff he's doing. He's got a lot of on-screen stuff he's doing. And speaking of both backstage and on-screen stuff, we have a wonderful guest today. We do. The uh, current pain in my ass, Jeff yeah. Jarrett. You better behave yourself, Aubrey. I know, I know. I better behave myself, of myself, <laughs> whatever. But dude Lee needs no introduction, but he's AEW Director of Business Development, Jay Lethal's tag partner. He's working with Sanjay, he's working with Satnam. He's got an incredible wrestling legacy. You can hear all these fantastic stories on his podcast, My World with Jeff Jarrett, new episodes on Tuesdays. Welcome, Double J. How are you doing, buddy? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Alex, no disrespect, pal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agreed to this. Uh, so the last outlaw showed up in November, first week. Right. The second week of November. And Stacy, I'll take it up with you, Stacy, the producer. I, when I see you next, you're probably going to walk away from that conversation with a whole new light on the last outlaw. Oh. But Stacy sent me an email every week. <laughs> November, <laughs> December, January, February. Mid-March. So, folks, if you're counting out there, we're talking five months times four. We're approaching 20 emails. Hey, Last Outlaw. Hey, Mr. Jarrett. Hey, Double J. He was always, she would wordsmith it beautifully. Can you come on? Can you come on? Mm. And guess what? Hook me in. Hey, Mr. Jarrett, on this email, as if I remember it, I, I know that you don't care for Aubrey. And she actually said this, and you've got every right. She threw you under the bus. So mm, perfect. Wow. And, and matter of fact, truth be known, I don't really care for Aubrey. Dislike of Aubrey's in the majority. Yeah. Long time, 30-year friendship of Mr. Tony Schiavone. He is a co-host of this. Mm-hmm. So can you tell Tony no? And I said, I can tell him no like 15 times. But when it got up into the 20, I said, all right, I got to do this for Tony. And now I show up and I'm looking at you, Alex. What in you the know. world? Yeah. What, explain yourself. Because <laughs> I can do a short podcast with just about anybody, including Aubrey. But you? Hey, well, uh, you know, sometimes Mr. Shivani, as I like to refer to him as, gets very busy. Yeah. And uh, he sent me a last minute and message. Not, and I'm oh, not, no, no, no. You're extremely busy. Listen, you are extremely busy. You wear multiple hats and you do them quite well. And I said, Tony, listen, I know that 
Double J and I don't necessarily see eye to eye. And I know he certainly doesn't see eye to eye with Aubrey. Yeah. But oh, no. I will happily fill in because we know that Jeff is so busy. This is the only time that we can get him. Yeah. So I will happily do the interview and I will treat it with the utmost professionalism. And this is why I'm here. And I believe Aubrey said the same exact words. Oh, really? I definitely said the same exact Who's words. Leading this? Who's leading this chaos? The curtain jerker referee? Oh, you, oh. Wow. Right? I mean, you look the curtain jerk referee. I just, look, I don't mean that to disrespect. Look, I've been around a few years and you've, yeah. you have shown me a lot of things since my time at AEW, but respect is not one of them. Nope. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination. So you got senior official, you got second in command. Aren't you the curtain jerk referee? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> wow. Well, I, right I haven't right given right you else? any. Re- well, uh, no, listen, I appreciate when she calls my matches. You, down the you middle. just agreed with me. <laughs> you just agreed with me. So I'm so here's the thing. Like you're saying, I don't respect you, but like respect is earned, pal. Like it's a two way street. You've shown me no respect. Mm. You've been cheating okay. on our television show. Well, let's uh, let's get this shit back on track, shall we? <laughs> okay. Jeff, we've got so much that we got to talk about here. So we will uh, table this conversation between you and Aubrey uh, mm. next Wednesday on Dynamite. Uh, first and foremost, thank you. Even though, you know, you did a little bit begrudgingly for appearing here today, we've got a lot to chat about because you are the definition of living legend. There's no question about that. You've been around everywhere. I'm just curious, how did this whole AEW thing come to be for you? This is just amazing that you're finally here. You know, it's that that actually is is kind of a a good question. And and I have still yet to really roll out the entire thing, even on my own podcast, because timing is everything and things just happen for a reason. It kind of goes without saying that. So I'll go back into the fall of 2021 when I just kind of made up my mind that, you know what? I've always been in decent shape, but I'm going to go get the best shape I can. And that little thing happened called GCW wrestling at the Hammerstein ballroom and that kind of happened. And then special referee at NWA. And then I got that summer internship at the competition and, and went to work in live events at WWE and along came the way I almost committed a murder and uh, killed Ric Flair. I know Alex mm, yeah. I almost murdered him. Wow. It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, presses charges weren't pressed, but anyway, Thank goodness for that. last match. <laughs> SummerSlam happened, and then all of a sudden you kind of wake up, and I'm on the free agent market. Literally, 2022 was one of the craziest years that I have ever had in my – I started in 86, so a few years under my belt. It was just kind of a bizarre year all the way around, and sitting back and kind of – Look, I've watched AEW from episode one. Literally, I'm a wrestling junkie. I don't care if it's YouTube or streaming service or – Whatever it may be, I one of the things I kind of pride myself on because I got lucky. I've watched more live wrestling than I believe anybody my age just because I've had the opportunity to be at so many shows and watch them live. But I just love it. I love it more today than I ever have. But as things rolled along in 2022 and I'm watching the AEW program, the guy that I was just in a tag match on, Rip Flair's last match, Jay Lethal, and Sanjay Dutt, we go back 20-something years. Satnam Singh. From India, I'm a basketball junkie, but also know the Indian market pretty well. And I just kind of saw those individuals. And I kid you not, when I just kind of looked and went, in a lot of ways, this is a natural fit. When I tell you kind of the pieces of the puzzle 
I don't want to get into divine intervention and all that, but it just, you can't write it. Yeah. You cannot write the, the opportunity that was right in front of everyone and hats off to the, the powers that be, so to speak, that kind of saw that opportunity. And when I showed up on Dynamite and gave Darby whoa attitude adjustment, things were off to the races. And literally from the first week of November, other than the nasty emails I got from Stacy, literally, it's it, I feel like I've just got here in so many ways. And then other ways, it's I feel like I've been in the AEW machine for a lot longer than five months. So it's uh what a ride, Alex. What a ride. Me and you go way, way back, and I can assure you. Neither one of us had on, had on our card, our bingo card, that me and you would be doing a podcast with the Curtain Jerker referee in 2023. Okay. Funny how things work out. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just want to like put over Stacy a little bit since she's getting a lot of hate on this podcast, but she is persistent. Yeah, she, she does her job well. She does. And she's she she finally got you on the podcast, so she won. Sir, like, hey, <laughs> if, if she was right here beside me, I would raise her hand and say, You're persistent. There you go. I'm a huge believer in uh, persistence, passion, and perseverance. Oh, the three P's. I love it. You know what the six P's are? You know what the six no. P's are? Do you know, Alex? No, I don't. Buddy, you two kids live by this. Proper planning prevents piss poor performance. I love that. Ooh, that's fantastic. That sounds like a pro wrestling t-shirt. In, in this industry, guys, I've just, I'll give you a little pro tip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another P. Things are going to go wrong. It's the nature of the industry we're in. But if you don't properly plan, at least you have some kind of guide. And if it falls apart, that's okay. You you kind of know where you're going. But folks that show up on Wednesdays or show up with no plan in place, I scratch my head. God bless them. So anyway, enough with that. Enough with that. So talking about planning a little bit, I know that we we get the chance, the opportunity, the unfortunate circumstance of seeing you on TV every week. You did mention there like getting into shape. Like I do have to commend you. You're in incredible shape. So hats off to you, man, because I know you're juggling a bunch of hats, but then also making sure your nutrition and your gym, like you've got all that right. Like that's a hard thing to do. So good on you, man. But I know we talk a little bit about like you as an on-screen talent. People are very familiar with your work. I want to talk a little bit about your backstage role because you mentioned the planning. And I know that we, at the time of recording, we just did our first house show, which was absolutely phenomenal and such a magical event. And I think everyone had a good time. What is your involvement in those? So I've been asked this a couple of different ways. As far as being a live event promoter, I come from, uh, I'm a third generation. My grandmother, Christine Jarrett, got into the business in 1946 as a second job selling wrestling tickets. But then she worked her way up what you would call a a CFO. But anyway, she was a live event promoter for years and years and years. And my dollar, my dad followed in her footsteps. And so live event promoting is, is something that I've been around. As I stated earlier, I work for the other company in the live event role, my background, TNA, USWA, on and on and on. So Live event promoting something. And so when I came on board, I had the dual role. You just kind of look at the surveying the landscape and that I live here in Nashville. And so it is in a lot of ways, the hub of the touring business. All the tour buses are here. Lots of the audio and video equipment. Nashville is located geographically close to both coasts. So there is a massive amount of touring. So I know all facets of the touring business externally knowing that side of things. And then internally, Raphael, me and Raph have worked together for years and years and years, and he he knows things. But um, 
that's one of the things I noticed right off that a lot of people see Dynamite and see Rampage and see the pay-per-views and say, man, this is this big, booming wrestling organization. In a lot of ways, we are still very much in, I hate to call it startup mode, but it is still a very, very lean and mean staff. And so really me utilizing internal and external sources, just kind of put the teams together and let the horses run. But at the end of the day, TBS and TNT, and I'll go ahead and say our social media partners, because you got to look at YouTube as a true partner. Our distribution is super strong. The brand is incredibly strong. Wednesday night, by nature, that's when our show's on, as you guys know, but it's not the best night for touring. It's still as we know, everybody works Monday through Friday for the most part. And so Fridays and Saturdays are are really the touring nights. And so Saturday night, Troy, Ohio, booming success, just a few tickets shy of a legit sellout. Uh, but in a D market, that's something that I've gone on record and others have gone on record that the real reality of our situation is, is that Dynamite and pay-per-views and, and Rampage take precedent in the, you know, we'll call them the A markets, the top 20, top 30 markets. So we're going to take this to, I hate, it's no disrespect, but it's just kind of the size of the market, the C&D markets. And I'm really looking forward to the crawl, walk, run process of of live events. And there's a bunch of other things that I'm working on that I, I won't share because we are a privately held company. And I think there's a lot of good stuff coming in the pike. Uh, there is one thing that I've said since I arrived here, the amount of opportunity that everyone has from talent to production to staff, you know, there's departments right now that aren't even formed and people are maybe working in one department and saying, hey, I've got an idea. Before you know it, they're going to have their own department. People are going to be working under them. Alex, I'm going to tell you, the the Spanish commentating is just the slither of opening up that Hispanic market. Yeah, I don't have to tell you, but, but the Spanish-speaking discretionary income uh, revenue, I mean, uh, income, is massive. So it's incumbent upon us as a brand to tap into it with, I believe I'm partial in a lot of ways to Pinta and Phoenix, but I think they're the best Lucha talent in a generation. Oh yeah. Agreed. They're unbelievable. Look, I've gone to AAA for years and years and years and know that market very, very well. And thrown out a few tortillas in my time down there. <laughs> you have, I've heard. Those, those guys are unbelievably talented. Yeah. And as are you, sir, it's so awesome just to hear you speak and you just bring so much to the table. And I got to tell you, uh, as someone who's known you for a long time, you know, I think we're seeing the best version of Jeff Jarrett right now. It's just so incredible to see the stuff that you're doing in the ring. And then Alex, you you feel okay. (laughs) You hear what you're saying? (laughs) I got to give credit where it's I got to give the devil his due. I got to give credit where where, where it's uh, definitely warranted. And it is really awesome to have you here and especially helping the company grow because you bring so many different uh, wonderful uh, things to the table. We're really grateful to kind of have you here. And I actually have a question from King Wumpus. We're going to get to fan question a little bit later, but this is such a great question that kind of goes along with that. With so many hats that you wear, what's a typical week for Jeff Jarrett like? Alex, that's, I mean, that's the one thing that has kind of uh, blown me away. I stated earlier, I started in November. And yes, we went through the holidays, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. And I mean, it's it seems like things have not slowed down at all. No. But, but you know, travel Tuesday, show Wednesday, home Thursday. 
thank God for an iPad. I, I'll just kind of say that real, real simple that lots of emails, lots of conversations. Again, I'm a, I am truly an entrepreneur. A big corporate setting has so many stops and starts and all that. Again, a lot of blue sky, a lot of opportunity here. I spent uh, the better part of the first two months doing my, and this is something that I've learned over time, me being a vet, have a little, little bit wiser, doing the due diligence, taking the time to do phone call after phone call after phone call. Some internally, yes, but a lot externally for, and look, I've got a great Rolodex. So whether it's India, UK, I've got great contacts in France and Germany, Australia, even a China contact to really kind of wrap my head around the brand. And it goes without saying, and, and look, I was, we're talking about everything here at TNA. We were on Spike, Viacom, but at the end of the day, Spike was great partners with us, but they were a top 20 cable network, maybe top 25. They just, they were great. But even in the Viacom family, MTV or VH1 were one or two or two and one. It depended on how you look at it. Spike was in the own family, a third or fourth tier because Nickelodeon was in that family. So you just kind of look at who's going to get the love and who's going to get the ad buys. Who's going to get just, it, it was a different setting. When you really do your due diligence on us, TBS and TNT are at the very, very top of it. And look, USA has some sister networks. We know that. They're in that NBC family, but still, USA is the cable. You look at the brands of TNT and the NBA and the NHL and just our network partners, folks, it's not just the cream of the crop. It's the tip top. I mean, right now, we're in the middle of March Madness. There is not a person in America that is it really touched by it. They may not be watching games, but somebody in their family is. They're going to hear about it. And so when you're watching TBS and TNT, you cannot not watch it and not see, oh, Dynamite's on Wednesday. Oh, Rampage on Wednesday. So the touch points that our family gives us on top of the massive team that we have in Nashville, spitting out everything on YouTube and Twitter and Instagram. Again, I'm going to go back to the word opportunity. The opportunity that we all have here at AEW is golden. It's so absolutely wonderful. And this conversation itself is very golden as well. As much as I dislike working with you oh, on Wednesdays, I'm very much enjoying this conversation. So thank you for your time. We're talking to Jeff Jarrett here on AEW Unrestricted. Coming up, lots more to talk about. And we're back at Unrestricted. It's Alex Aubrey and the one and only Double J, Jeff Jarrett. What a fascinating conversation. Hey, Alex, let me get something out. Before, I hate to interrupt you, but I'm going to interrupt all right, uh, go right ahead. Alex, and I've never known you to lie. In, <laughs> look, no, seriously, I've never known you to lie. Should I have been a one-time or a two-time champion thus far in my career? One-time tag team champion, one-time international champion. Okay. Is it one or two times? What's the answer? Well, I'm going to go with two. I'm going to go with two. You've been a tag team champion in the past? Thank you. Who's the reason that right now, some people, my podcast partner, Conrad Thompson, he's much more upset than I am, but some people mm. still think I have a goose egg, like a, like a over. I believe I, I won the belts out in the great Northwest. Yeah. Okay. Without question, there was a one, two, three. We have that documented. There, yeah, there was. You go to Winnipeg, without question, I had that in the bag. So I am a... 
AEW Tag Team Champion and AEW International Champion. Okay. Just, I'm glad that you said two. I thought you were going to say one. I was going to get you, but yeah, thanks for that. So go ahead. Anytime, anytime. I know that uh, sometimes that there can be discrepancy between work colleagues. I perhaps think you might have a grievance. I'm just going to leave it at that. And I, don't, I don't see any part of HR anywhere around this call. We'll settle things in the ring. And I can assure you, Aubrey Edwards has a receipt coming. Can you hear my eyes rolling? Like <laughs> in 2023, we have to be very careful mm-hmm. in the society we live in. I'm just saying the receipt's not coming from me, but a receipt is coming. That's fair. Completely fair. This guy. This guy. So let's go ahead and continue to uh, move this Please. train along, shall we, Aubrey? So let's talk about that match that you had at Revolution. It was a fantastic tag team matchup. It was fun. Do you anticipate continuing to pursue the tag team championships? Do you would you prefer to move on to a singles run? What what are your goals in terms of championships here in AEW? I'll get real here. I'm a two time Hall of Famer. 12-time former world heavyweight champion, multiple other belts and tags and championships and all that. I want some gold. It's really that simple, whether it's tag or or singles. But with that being said, at the very top of the list is I've known Jade Lethal literally since he broke in. I want to see him succeed. Mm -hmm. I've gotten to know Sotnam very well as a human, as a person. The potential upside of Sotnam seeing it goes without saying, I've said this multiple times, I believe he has the most upside of any individual on our roster. The reason I say that is the country of India. The name of his documentary on Netflix, One in a Billion. I mean, it is very appropriately titled. He is truly one in a billion. And I say that is, yes, he is one of a billion people in India, but You don't find seven foot four, super athletic, former, I believe, basketball players collectively as a group are the best group of athletes in the world. I put wrestlers as two. I've always said that. As a group, you ask us and look at us across the board, whether it's Omega or, I mean, we have Penta or Phoenix or Brody King. Look at all of us as a group. What we do. I mean, there's people that come in from Hollywood, stuntmen that have been doing it. And they're like, there ain't no way I'm going to do that. And y'all did this with no rehearsal. And you're going to go do it again tomorrow night. So anyway, Sotnam Singh with his basketball background and his footwork, being from India, he's very charismatic. He is bilingual. There is so much upside. And I'll just say this. This is what we all are as talent, the opportunity to generate revenue. He is a one in a billion opportunity that I see a lot of great things in his future. Agreed. So at the top of my goal is not just gold. It's really Jay and Sotnam. That's one of the things I love about people such as yourself and, you know, Chris Jericho and Sting coming in with all of these storied histories in wrestling and just helping to build the other talent we have, whether it's, I mean, Jay Lethal himself has a, just a, an incredible career in wrestling, but now he's on this wonderful platform like All Elite Wrestling and you have Satnam as well, who's just getting started. The fact that you are as giving as you are giving them the opportunities that they have it's theirs for the taking. But I think having that support structure is really, really valuable. 
I just think when you kind of step back and look at it and and see all the pieces of the puzzle on the table, like I just talked earlier with TBS and TNT, and then you want to throw in ITV in the UK and ESPN in Australia, and I could go on and on and on about our partners. But when you have the distribution piece of the puzzle there, you have the platform. At the end of the day, you got to have the talent. And Jay Mm -hmm. is loaded with talent. Phenomenal. He's just unbelievable, and Satnam is too. And so that is something that my father taught me this a long, long time ago. I mean, as a young child, and I say child, I'm talking about before I ever had my first match, you know, kind of the art of this business is if you figure out how to make others better around you, you're always going to make money. Don't worry about yourself. If you make others around you better, everything else takes care of itself. That kind of mindset stuck with me my entire career. That's amazing. Agreed. Speaking of your career, you've been around really, really long time. It's not a slight on you. I know you're old as shit, but you know, you've been around a long time. Started Jerry Jarrett's Continental Wrestling Association, where you got your start in wrestling. Wrestling's in your blood. Did you just know this was always something you were going to do? I mean, given that you're third generation, was it just sort of a given or is it something that you in your heart wanted to do as well? So I'm one of five siblings. I'm the only one that made a career out of it. So I loved it from a kid. I can remember sitting on my couch and watching Jerry Lawler slap Andy Kaufman, uh, literally a, a, as a mark, as a fan. Uh, I can remember watching Lawler and Dundee at my dad's house do promos, and they would do the exact same promo about Louisville, Kentucky, that they did about Evansville, Kentucky. And I'm like, wait a minute, y'all wrestling back-to-back nights, the same opponent? It still didn't smart me up, Hmm. but as a child, I was always just so fascinated at everything that went on outside the ring. Of course, as a sports junkie and a young boy and coming into my own, I love the in-ring product, but outside the ring and my grandmother being around and me going to small towns in Tennessee and Kentucky and Indiana and Arkansas and Mississippi and putting up window cards, window posters to promote a show, you know, six weeks before the event. And then you go back six weeks later And you go around town and you're supposed to pick up the posters that, you know, hey, we'll come back and get this. And you say, oh, wow, all of them are still up. They're not torn down. And you go to the building and see a sellout house and you go, "Okay, this worked. This I just love the promotion part of it, the marketing part of it, the concession part of it, all the things that go with it. So I didn't really know. I loved it, but I had no idea when I was a kid. I wanted to play basketball and take that. But I always did love it. That's so great. And I mean, there's so much more to talk about. We could probably do like this podcast for three, four hours if we had the time, but I know we're limited. So let's get to some fan questions. Let's talk a little bit of a more coming up here on AEW Unrestricted. Aubrey and Alex here with Jeff Jarrett, unfortunately here on AEW Unrestricted. It's been an actual really good conversation despite him being a total asshole and a cheater, which I mean, you Speaking of cheating, we do have a really good fan question that I'm actually very interested in knowing. But a question from Matthew. How much money have you spent on guitars over your career if you were to ballpark it? Mm, Good question. Of my own personal money? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Zero. (laughs) What a smart businessman. I mean, come on. It's always a company (laughs) expense, but I've owned companies and other. But anyway. That'd be, you know, nowadays with all the data and the research and the numbers and the guesstimation and, and hey, we've got to go to Alex Marvez and say, Alex, 
dude. He would know. Figure out how many guitar shots, and then I can tell you the WCW guitars were a lot more expensive than the regular ones. So we can kind of get us a working average through the years. We can input a number for inflation, and we can come up with that data. What is the amount of money Jeff Jarrett has spent on guitars throughout his 37-year career? <laughs> well, and and can you actually play guitar? I see this question a lot. Martin Smith asked it for yeah. us. but One, two, three, four, five, six, seven guitars. Within okay, it. having guitars and playing guitars are two different things. Like, can you actually play, though? Absolutely. Wow. Good to d- d- debate. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. We got a question here from Waffle After Hours. I guess I'm thinking Waffle House. Ooh. Waffle After Hours wants to know, and this is going to be great, what's your favorite Owen Hart story? Oh, man, there's so many of them. I always, I bet. I always come out first and foremost because everybody's got a good, funny Owen story. And you just have to have been there on so many of them. But at the end of the day, I, I do when I'm asked, I like people to remember Owen. First and foremost, I've never met a person that had as much integrity as Owen. He was not just a great in-ring performer and a great colleague and coworker, but what a dad and, and a husband and a family. I mean, just it's true. It's one of those guys that that old Billy Joel song, only the good die young. Owen is you just don't hear a bad word said about him. And a lot of people have said, now, come on. I'm like, Owen didn't even really have a temper. Yes, as any male, you're going to have some, but he's just a great dude. But funny stories, there's just one after another on my Hall of Fame speech. I, I said the one, the maybe his last one, that I'm wrestling Edge and Christian. It's great. Me and Christian have reminisced about this and him being on the AEW roster. You know, Owen wants to wear red noses in the middle of the tag match. And um, he calls me in the bathroom. That, that's still one of my favorite ones. We're supposed to go out Chicago the night before his passing. And I thought we're going to go over the batch because we'd work with these guys. And he goes in here and he hands me a red nose and said, put this in your tights. Oh, my God. In the high spot when we <laughs> are do I feed, he feeds and we end up in opposite corners and Edge and Christian, young baby faces out of Canada, jump up on each corner and both give us the 10 count. And while we're doing that, we're reaching in our tights and going to put red noses on and they throw us together and we have red noses and we bounce and two red noses go up in the air. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> it's all Owen. Incredible. Yeah. Good old Owen. I, uh, I didn't realize at this time, but uh, this, this last week when we were in Winnipeg, Kid Remington says... Uh, Sharpshooter drew a lot of a lot of heat from the crowd in Winnipeg. But did you know you actually did the Owen version instead of the Brett version? I've always done, I guess, the Owen version. I would love to hear the uh, difference. Yeah, so, I don't know the difference, but now I got to like look so into this. Alex, like, oh. come on with it. I gotcha. So Brett steps over with the left leg and ties the arms. So you'll have the. Okay. He will hold the arms with his left, turn them over the other side. Where Owens is more like Sting's, where he flips him over to the uh, the right side, huh. and he puts the right foot over, the right leg over. I do the Owen Hart version right on. Yep, there you go. So Brett, if you're out there listening, and you want to accuse me of stealing your move, <laughs> not a chance, pal. Not a chance. Oh my god. <laughs> AEW blog wants to know: Will we ever see Karen Jared in AEW? Please no. Two words. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Oh, no. Oh, that bitch. Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, Maybe that's the receipt. Maybe that's the receipt. Hey, hey, she called me a nasty bitch on Twitter, so she started it. I would pay money to see that ass whooping. 
Oh, hey, oh. Gotta, keep clean. gotta keep it clean. Gotta keep it. You want to pay money to see your your wife's ass getting whooped? That's what you want to see? Okay. Yeah, it ain't gonna be that. You, you, oh my goodness! All right, maybe we should go to one more question before we wrap this up here, Aubrey. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Actually, um, awesome question. I'm interested in knowing. From uh, W Mac Masters book, great name on Twitter. If you were to compare the vibe of AEW backstage to anywhere else you've worked in the past of all the various places, uh, what comes the closest or how would you compare it? Gosh, because I mean, this is kind of the low hanging fruit answer. And I don't want to say the early days of TNA, but there, there is a vibe and look, there's so many production folks that, that are familiar talent infrastructure and all that, but the entrepreneurial spirit that exists among us, I'll say us is very prevalent. I think you have to have experience and been in a lot of dressing rooms and locker rooms. And I'm fortunate, unfortunate enough, whether it's Puerto Rico or Japan or European tours or, you know, the WCW or WWF tours and just all the different environments I've experienced through the years. There is something about having a really, really diverse roster, which we have. We we have vets we have prime times we have young guys uh, just males females we have everything but at the end of the day there is a innate competitive spirit that is authentic when companies mature and go through ups and downs a lot of times that can kind of dissipate not anybody's fault no need to point fingers but there is kind of a vibe and look experiencing like we all did in life and across the world going through the pandemics i wasn't here so i wasn't around that but kind of life-changing that went on but coming out of that and going back out on the road i've heard the stories but you know as it's things out rocking and rolling and being a part of troy ohio you want to and i'm blessed to be able to to say i experienced that me going out against brian pillman second generation guy oh but look I had, what, 10, 12, 14, whatever the time was, I wanted to go out and do the very best I could. And I've been doing this a few years. So the entrepreneurial, competitive, innate vibe is very, very cool. Very, very cool. I 100% agree with you. It's definitely one of those, like, everyone just wants to go out and do their best. We want to create the best product and the best company it pains me to say this, but I think having you as a part of our company and as a part of our roster is definitely just one step towards getting closer. So begrudgingly, I thank you, sir. And I thank you for all your contributions to wrestling, to us. I'm not going to look forward to seeing you on Wednesday, much like every Wednesday, but I do appreciate your time that you spent here today. So thank you for, uh, for joining us. Alex, go ahead. I'm not even going to comment to that. Moronic. She's, dancing around she knows the last all all is great it's just that simple i know you're great i also know you break the rules that's all i'm saying go ahead alex and i appreciate it i'll get stacy your persistence paid off lady another p (laughs) yes thank you so much jeff it's uh it's great having you here great having you a part of aew and we certainly look forward to seeing what's next and uh upwards and onwards double j always on to dynamite let's go kids on to dynamite. Let's, Let's go. It. Kansas City, we're coming. You can follow Jeff on Instagram and Twitter at Real Jeff Jarrett. Please give his podcast a listen and follow it as well. My World with Jeff Jarrett is available 
uh, wherever you get your podcast, new episodes every Tuesday. We here at AEW Unrestricted have new episodes every Thursday, also on all your favorite podcast platforms. Video version goes up Monday, along with AEW Elevation. We've got Dark on Tuesday, Dynamite. Wednesday, we've got Rampage Friday, we've got house shows coming, we're coming to Canada, we're coming everywhere. This is really great, a wonderful, prosperous time for AEW. Thank you so much for being here today, Jeff, and for everything you're doing with us and the company. Alex, thank you for co-hosting with me. I'm sorry you had to deal with this asshole. I'm Aubrey with Alex and Jeff. Thank you so much for listening to AEW Unrestricted. Come on, throw your hands up, let me see you. Unrestricted, got the house now. We gonna turn it up.